App 1800 is a 30-minute interview with a person of interest in the Boone area. Today I'm interviewing Bob Riddle, the coordinator for outdoor programs for university recreation at Appalachian State. From 90.5 WASU, I'm Aaron Slaughtermilk. I'm the assistant news director here with Bob Riddle of Outdoor Programs at University Recreation. So you're coordinator for outdoor programs. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I've been here since July of 2019. I've been here for about a year and a half now running our challenge course, climbing wall, outdoor trips program, and overseeing our Broadstone kind of outdoor educational facility out here just, just outside of Boone down 105. Yeah, I used to work at UREC, but I never got involved with outdoor programs. I know before COVID, y'all went on a lot of cool trips, and I've rented some equipment from y'all. But I worked in the weight room, and I was a group fitness instructor, and I also did, like, intramurals. So I always saw the climbing wall, but I personally haven't gone. I've done climbing. I've done it before, but I just haven't here yet. That's probably one of my goals, though before I graduate because I've never used the climbing wall here but so we'll get into it what are some things outdoor programs are doing right now amidst COVID do y'all have any projects for the future yeah so it's pretty interesting all of university recreation is kind of going under this whole shift with COVID and another unique ex- circumstance we've been experiencing is we have new leadership we the new university director here and we're really looking into strategic planning for the future beyond COVID For the most part, we're pretty much implementing everything that we have done previously. Obviously, there's some tweaks and changes here and there given COVID, but our climbing wall is currently open. So I know you're talking about wanting to get up there and go on climbing before you graduate. Something that we're doing right now is bouldering only this fall. Part of that is just understanding kind of how COVID is reacting in our facility first before we kind of went back to offering top rope and some other things. We are planning to have top rope in the spring semester, though. That'll be happening twice a week is our game plan. That way we can rotate through the gear that's being used so it can be disinfected in time and still remain safe and reduce as much risk as possible for individuals who are wanting to participate and recreate at our climbing wall. We're using registrations, not only at the climbing wall, but pretty much UREC in general. So if you wanted to come in and climb at our wall, if you wanted to go on a trip, if you want to go to the weight room or sign up to go swimming. We have a new software system called Fusion. And so it's actually an app that you can download on your phone. And what it does is we're having people register for a climb time or a time to go do lap swim. It really helps keep the numbers reduced in our facility for that de-densifying purposes through the CDC. And the great thing about the app is Using the app doesn't have us having a line right out the door where people are sitting and waiting, especially as we're moving into the colder season with lots of rain and snow that we get here in Boone. So it's a wonderful thing that we have there. And if you don't have a smartphone, you can actually sign up with these through another website called apprec.appstate.edu. And that can be kind of accessed also through our main UREC website as well. So just a couple follow-up questions. Can you register through the UREC app as well? I know, is that the Fusion app or no? It is. It oh, is okay. Okay, that's yeah, what I so, thought. Because so I used to work there, called. so I'm like, oh, okay, I think I know, but I recently quit, so wasn't really sure if like, that had changed or just making sure for listeners who maybe want to go use some of these resources on campus and 
keep wellness in their life. So yeah, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, it is the E-Rec app. And, you know, one of the great things, it's the hub for all things university recreation. It has our hours. It has push notifications. So if we were to change hours for any reason, we can push that out to you, as well as it links to the rest of health promotion and wellness here at App State. And so you can find direct links to such things as like the counseling center and all that through it. So it's kind of a one-stop shop that kind of connects everything outdoor holistic well-being and health and indoor holistic well-being and health here at App State. Awesome. So with climbing, can you distinguish top rope and bouldering just for people who maybe have never done it, but would like to maybe use the climbing wall at some point in the future? Yeah. So bouldering is a form of climbing that doesn't require ropes. So you're not tied in. There's no one holding on to you on the other end of the rope. With that, we have a bouldering line. It's about 15 feet off the ground. One thing that we also have in our gym is we have, you know, these beautiful new pads that are there to help protect any falls that you may take or landing if you were to jump down. But bouldering usually occurs anywhere from zero to like 10 to 15 feet off the ground within our gym. Now, top rope is a form of climbing where you're physically tied in wearing a harness with one of our staff members belaying you or someone who is certified at the wall to belay you. In that case, you have the opportunity to climb vertically all the way up to 50 feet to the top of our wall. So we provide a range of different grades. And so we have beginner level grades all the way to advanced grades. But our primary focus at the wall is really being the introduction to try and teaching you the skill and how to use the equipment necessary so you can get stoked to go do these things on your own or feel like, oh, I kind of got this now. I'm like, all about it. I'm willing to go purchase a pass and go to center 45 in town and feel like you have the time commitment and kind of are willing to make that financial commitment that self at that point. Sounds great. I know you talked about some precautions y'all are taking in terms of kind of limiting human contact with the app and registering, but I know things such as the climbing wall and maybe rental stuff that includes kind of some sort of human contact. So what are some other precautions Outdoor Programs is taking at the moment to kind of limit human contact in any way possible and ensure a safe environment? Yeah, so I'm kind of bebopping around here with some of our different program areas we offer. Specifically for the climbing wall, we have a reduced capacity. Right now, we're only allowing five climbers in our gym at a time. They can register for up to that hour and a half piece. But what we have created is these bouldering lanes. And so they're very distinguished taped off lanes in which only one person is allowed to be in at a time. They're expanded out more than six feet. And so the CDC recommends six feet when not actively being involved in recreation. But when you're actively involved, they actually recommend more than 10. We have 12 foot boulder lanes and they're taped off not only on the floor, but all the way up the wall. And so that's one thing that we've been doing. We also have a sink that is right next to our climbing wall. And our staff is continuously washing their hands as well as recommending everyone wash their hands in between climbs. And especially when they may be transferring from one boulder zone to the other after someone else has climbed. Every 90 minutes, our facility closes for half an hour in which our entire staff is doing a thorough deep cleaning using CDC recommended disinfectants that are designed to actually kill the coronavirus. Those are some of the things that we're doing specific with that 
we cannot require face masks at this time. That's actually a university policy that when anyone is recreating indoors or outdoors, we can't require it. However, we do require face coverings to enter our facility, as well as we're trying to be the form of the educator, right? So our staff has been educated and trained to help trying to encourage people as much as possible to still wear that face covering when actively recreating in our gym setting. With our outing center, we are still providing gear rentals. What we're primarily doing at this time is we are providing rentals kind of on a weekend basis. So you can come in and you can reserve on Friday, keep it till Monday. Or if you wanted to do a full week rental, you could kind of do a Friday to Friday thing is how we're primarily approaching that right now. The reason we're doing the weekend rentals or those week full week rentals is because we need a little bit of time to turn over that gear and fully disinfect it. So we're using an electrostatic fog sprayer to actually clean those things appropriately and then additionally give them a 72-hour quarantine period themselves. So not only are they getting a chemical disinfectant, but a time disinfectant. We do have an online reservation system or people can walk in and reserve gear right then and there. So you don't even have to come in in person to reserve gear from us. You can actually go to our website, fill out a request, and then one of our staff members will be in contact with you to actually set up a pickup time, you know, to reduce that exposure to visiting around other people. Just another question along with that. I know when I worked at UREC during this time, I recently stopped just due to school, and I assume the employees are getting the temperature checks and making sure they fill out their daily health check reminder before clocking in. Yes, that is correct. So every one of our staff members, professional, part-time, full-time, student staff, all go through that daily health check that every App State student is doing before going on the campus, as well as we do a temperature check before they enter the building. We have flow throughout our building. You'll notice that there's arrows throughout the building that help keep people moving in a progression so they're not crossing paths as well as capacity signs that are helping to help mitigate some of those things throughout our entire facility. We have an awesome facility staff in there, and I know, Eris, you are talking about being part of fitness and a group fitness trainer at one point. You know, we have bikes. Instead of, like, having those in our typical cardio room that is small, we've actually moved those out to the full four-court gyms that we have and placed them 12 feet apart, as well as built these saran wrap-like pods. So... You don't have that exposure even to people 12 feet really near you. You can really participate in those group fitness or solo kind of recreational experiences on your own in our facility. What do you think is the safest way to be active at UREC? Like what would you suggest to somebody who is kind of nervous about going into a gym setting or just without that could go for outdoor programs too, like maybe going on one of the trips y'all go on being outdoors or like the climbing wall or... I know y'all do like kayak flips, stuff like that, like maybe with aquatics or something like that. Yeah, so it's an educational piece, right? We're doing a lot of things to help mitigate that risk, that deep, thorough cleaning every 90 minutes that our staff is doing, the enhanced daily health checks that our staff have to go through. You know, a lot of it does fall on us with that cleanliness and everything and reminding people, but it also falls on our participants as well. You know, being mindful to wear that face covering as much as possible, washing your hands frequently, maintaining that safe physical distance from other people, whether that's six feet or 12 feet or, you know, however much you feel comfortable with within those boundaries. So it's a collective effort in that way. And so 
we feel very confident that we've done a lot of things. We've done a lot of research as well, uh, not only in outdoor programs, but as an entire university recreation department. We've worked with CDC guidelines. We've also attended a lot of conferences and a lot of Zoom meetings with, you know, accredited associations within our industry that say this is now the industry standard and we're not only following that industry standard, but I believe we're excelling at that industry standard here. So I guess this could go specifically for you or the program in general, but how have y'all navigated COVID with outdoor programs? Like when you first got the news about COVID and like university shutting down and with transitioning to reopening, what was y'all's reaction or? No, that's a great question. I think patience is one of the biggest things we had to do at that time because there were so many unknowns, right? So not only was it unknown of how airborne it was, but there was unknowns about like the physical touching of things. Now I think what over time is with that patience, it showed it was more airborne than actually contracting it from physically touching it. So not only did we take that time, we, we actually met with other North Carolina state outdoor programs biweekly on zoom calls. So we were not only brainstorming ways and things that we could open, we were doing so with other professionals within our industry and within the UNC system. They've been an excellent help. We've been able to come up with some pretty creative programming that is safe for people. Even this semester, we're hosting a bouldering competition. It's a passive bouldering competition. So in past, a lot of folks might have been gathering in our gym and cheering and rooting on people for a one-day event. What we've done is we've actually taken that same concept and stretched it out over four weeks in stages. And so people have an entire week to come into our facility and get the climbs in and get them scored by one of our climbing wall supervisors. And then we update those standings every week until we got to finals this week. So we've come up with a lot of creative programming that way. It also went to how we were going to disinfect our gear. What, what gear was safe to disinfect? chemically what wasn't safe to disinfect chemically and making sure not only were we following kind of like the industry standard but all the unc system schools were kind of following the same page and really supporting each other so outdoor programs not only here in the high country and boone could thrive but outdoor programs across the state could thrive in north carolina that's awesome y'all been able to still have some fun with it i know at first i had my doubts especially with recreation in general like you rec i'd been an employee for like two years before i stopped working there but i was like how are they going to do that there's no way but there's ways to do it obviously with distancing but also just giving an environment for people to be able to be active it's so important for us as people and our minds use our body and movement so i think that's great with and i know we talked about rental programs and how it works now but are there things like that y'all allow for people to rent that maybe could be helpful for now like other than the obvious like maybe a sleeping bag or like tent like what else do y'all offer in the rental program yeah so our outdoor rental center we're offering pretty much everything at this point all the way from boats to to sleeping bags and sleeping pads, like you said, backpacks. So we're pretty much fully operational at that point. The big thing is just making sure we have the time to disinfect everything with that. So it's a little bit of patience on some folks end to know that like we might not have something always readily available right then, 
but maybe a day or two later, we're ready to rent it with that. You know, I've, I've talked to a lot of students that have come in our doors and they're, they're just so excited to finally see other people that aren't like their roommate or, you know, someone on Zoom. And, you know, I think more importantly than ever, trying to keep people socially active and have that emotional and social well-being piece is one of the hardest challenges not only do we face at UREC, but I think a lot of App State students and a lot of students across the country are facing right now. And so we're trying to actively be up and walking around our facility and engaging everyone constantly, safely, you know, really just check in with people and try to provide as much social aspect of normal life as possible. Yeah, exactly. And I know I've had my difficulties with, I don't really go to the gym because I know it backs up and like it gets filled very quickly. So I just have my workout equipment in my room. But I feel like people are appreciating the outdoors a lot more. I think that was, that's one of my questions. Like, do you think people have been taking advantage more of the outdoors since COVID? And also, have y'all faced struggles with facilitating trips just around? Because I know they're limited just the high country right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'll speak to the trips piece first. Trips, yeah, there there was an initial struggle with some some trips getting out the door. At the time, we were really only offering open enrollment trips, meaning you would sign up with people you may or may not know and then have to go on an experience with them. That was people weren't necessarily signing up for those things, and that could be for a multitude of reasons, right? Maybe they don't feel comfortable being around other folks still at this point. We kind of pivoted a little bit. We created a custom trips program, and so that's something that we're offering to anyone and everyone that, you know, if you're already part of an existing group that's meeting or has been, you know, living together, we can provide that experience for you still in a safe way and at a greatly reduced cost. So we've had some excellent partnerships this semester. We worked with recreation management, our academic side of the house, and actually took them on a lot of trips and experiences here that they necessarily couldn't provide on the academic affairs side of things. We worked with some residential colleges and housing, folks who are in those living learning communities already together that are considered a household. We were able to get them, sign them up and take them on a series of trips to help supplement kind of that social experience that they would typically get in a dorm setting, but may not be getting in residence life currently because of COVID. And then we've got some other partners. We partnered with the collegiate recovery community and worked with some of the counselors that they have there to actually take individuals out and show experiences that people can participate in as opposed to partaking in other activities outside of school. So those are some of the things that we did with that. Of course, TRIPS comes with its own inherent set of challenges as well, right? Because typically you have to get to a site. So one of the precautions that the university has placed is that, you know, reduced van travel. And so we're actually not allowed to travel outside Watauga County at the moment. So we try to like work with those participants and have them meet us at location versus riding in that van that's in a tight, you know, can't really get a whole lot of six feet distance with uh, a group of six in a van, right? So we try to encourage people to meet us at location. We still require masks um, with activities when they're kind of like not actively recreating, but if they're actively climbing, you know, they're free to still take that mask off, but kind of like sitting at the bottom of a climb site, we're still facilitating keeping that physical distance, wearing that face covering. 
Some of the other things right now, we're really not doing overnight camping or providing food or drink on these trips. There's so much more risk to that at this point with multiple people handling food. That's why we kind of stuck to the day trips model as well with that. What was the other part to your question there? Because it was like a two-piece, correct? Yeah. Do you think people have been kind of taking more advantage of the outdoors since COVID, since we're so much indoors that we're finding ways to appreciate the outdoors more now? Yeah, I 100% agree that people are much more appreciative of the outdoors and taking advantage of the outdoors. The state of North Carolina alone, if you follow like North Carolina State Parks on Twitter, they've been closing down parks just to reduce the capacity of people. And often on the weekends, Grandfather Mountain and some of the other state parks across the state, they're closed by 9 or 10 a.m. They are not allowing any more people at the parking lots or the trailheads of those locations. You can look at the national park system as well. Come April and May, we saw a lot of national parks close down before then. But even as they reopened, people trying to rush to them was a factor that a lot of people noticed as well. And if you've been around in Boone and tried to get to some of the local locations, especially along the parkway. It's crowded all the time, like regardless the of, of the October, weather. Yeah. Through October and, you know, the first part of November there, we had a lot of tourists that were coming up to, to the beautiful area that we live in and taking advantage of that. If you tried to drive down the parkway, it, it could have easily have taken you an hour to two hours to get to get there and back to Boone. Um, so I think it's, you know, if you're getting outside of your house and driving around, you will find people taking advantage of the outdoors in a multitude of different ways. So I, I definitely think, you know, outdoors is kind of having this like renaissance of how it's like rebirthed um, into people's lives in such a digital age, which is so overwhelmingly exciting, but also has its own unique set of challenges with so many people impacting these local areas. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad you mentioned the dangers of carpooling because I, I mean, I'm in some clubs and they've mentioned carpooling. And I'm like, no, I mean, I could see all the windows being down, but even then I wouldn't be comfortable. And yeah, the element of food, it's just too many layers. It's too much to think about. And I'm glad y'all are taking those measures and day trips. I mean, there's plenty of places in the high country in Watauga County to go to. Um, so with that, what's your favorite spot since um, I'm assuming you like you enjoy the outdoors, but do you have like a favorite spot around town? Yeah, so I'll give you kind of like two answers to that question. Um, Boone specific, Boone City Limits, thinking about those folks who may not have a car or feel comfortable carpooling, right? I personally love the Greenway and State Farm Fields because there's so many little niche spots that you can get into whether that's whether your activity is running or going around and like throwing a ball around with your roommate at state farm fields or sitting down by the the river or just sitting and putting a hammock up in the woods i think the greenway and state farm fields have provide so much access and opportunity for individuals to get outside you can bike out there not only do they have paved trails but they have the Kennedy trails, which split off of it with a little bit of elevation gain and difference and rock and a little bit more terrain for, you know, beginners trying to maybe get into, you know, mountain biking and stuff like that. So I would say in town, I really like the Greenway and State Farm fields, kind of general local area stuff. I mean, there's so many to choose from. 
For me, I really like the Wilson's Creek area, if you're familiar with that. And it's a wilderness area, so it has an expansive amount of trails, but it is a little bit off the beaten path, but that also means you're less likely to run into a whole lot of people out there, right? And so that area in general provides rock climbing, you know, longer, shorter hikes. And in the summer, it's a great spot. There's a multitude of like creeks and swimming holes you can find yourself down there in and really enjoy that are pretty unique, scenic and great photography spots. So with that, I know you're talking about some of the partnerships y'all have had amidst COVID, like the creative ways y'all have been able to still network with each other and still be active in the community. So what I know we can't really look ahead to the future that much with COVID, but what are some permanent changes you see COVID-19 impacting with outdoor programs? Like, do you see any permanent ones that may be positive or maybe some negative? Just what, like your perspective? Yeah, I think you also bring up the good point that we don't know. You know, COVID's been around now. It's November. It's been kind of around the U.S. since March. So that amount of time and we still don't know a whole lot about the virus and ultimately how it's going to impact not only outdoor programs but at state the state and the united states as a whole so we're not sure we have an answer at that point i do think kind of going back to the last talking point that people do have a much greater appreciation for the outdoors at this point and so hopefully that trend will continue with that and so there could be growth in the programs and the opportunities and the creative ways in which we are able to engage folks and get them excited to get outside or to teach them so that they can learn those skills, learn the gear, and be able to go do those things on their own accord. So we're really hopeful for that. But at this point in time, there's there's so many unknowns. Yeah, I agree. So you're talking about educating folks on working with the outdoors. This can be our last question, but can you explain the training process for your outdoor educators? I kind of myself was interested because I have a friend in outdoor programs, AK. So I know she does a lot of cool stuff and I didn't really know y'all did stuff like that. I thought it was just people got interested and did it. I didn't know y'all had like a little program and a training process to follow. So yeah, just explain some of that for me. Yeah, AK is actually our trips program assistant. That's awesome you know her. She is a fun, creative, and awesome individual. She helps get all of our trips out the door, and she helps with what we call our IDP program, which is our instructor development program. So our instructor development program is a process in which you become a trip leader for us. You don't have to have any experience to be involved in our instructor trip, instructor development program. So to become a trip leader, you don't have to have prior experience. We actually prefer sometimes you don't. We love to bring in new individuals and get them excited because that's a unique way that we're able to engage even more folks that aren't already within kind of our outdoor community or culture already. So what happens is you actually apply for it. Typically, those applications open up around August or September of the fall semester. And so that application process, we're simply looking for why you're passionate about becoming a trip leader. You know, what do you want to gain from this experience and helping engage folks with the leadership aspects of things? And then what happens is throughout the fall and spring semester is you go through training. So we have a series of workshops that focus on the essentials and foundations of becoming a trip leader, whether that's risk management trip planning, learning how to pack food, gear, all that stuff. 
all the way to requiring folks to get pretty industry standard certifications, such as a wilderness first responder, which we actually host out here at Broadstone um, that anyone in the community can take to getting a North Carolina epinephrine certification that's good up to four years. And then what we do is we have a series of weekend experiences. And so one weekend experience might be going out and backpacking for a full weekend, learning, learning how to navigate trail, use a map and compass, how to pack that pack. How do we prepare food in the field? How do we set up bear bags? Cause we live in Western North Carolina and we have black bears all the way to other weekends, such as a challenge course weekend where we teach the fundamentals of facilitating an experience. How do you take a group of folks who may have just met and how do you get them to grow cohesively as a group and feel more connected and achieve the goals that they want to achieve? We provide whitewater weekends, flat water paddling weekends. And so it engages our staff that are a part of that instructor development program to really cater and tailor the experience that they want to gain. You don't have to lead everything for us. With that, you can choose your own path in which you want to participate in IDP and then become a trip leader. So once you kind of go through that process and you get all the certifications required, you become an apprentice for us. And so an apprentice actually gets to go and shadow trips with our full-time trip leaders already and kind of check off on those skills to the point where they feel a level of comfortability that they can go and do those things on their own. And we as full-time professional staff are comfortable in those skills themselves. And then after that, they're, they're good to lead trips and help kind of this reciprocative process for the next group of IDP students. So it's kind of this, you know, upward spiral of knowledge and skill being grown with not only for them, but within our community and culture here in outdoor programs. Wow. That's awesome. Y'all provide all of that. Those are such like, skills that you don't really think about but are so useful i mean this is the earth we live on you never know when you're going to be stuck outdoors or need to know some of those things so that's awesome i had no idea y'all offered any of that so thank you for telling me about that process